It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For the Net Podcast, I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Hero YouTube page. Like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. David Neal has a, or if you're watching on YouTube, he has a very nice Miami Herald mug that I wish I had. He says I should go to the office to get it, so maybe I'll have to do that, go to the newsroom. But that's besides the point. Uh, we are back, and so are the Dolphins after a week 10 bye. Um, Dolphins players and coaches were back in the facility um, on Monday to begin preparations for the Las Vegas Raiders at home on Sunday. Um, and while the Dolphins didn't play um, this past weekend, it was a pretty favorable weekend for them. You know, if you looked around the NFL, if you watched the Monday night's game in Orchard <laughs> Park between the Bills and the Broncos, you watched, obviously saw uh, Buffalo fall to five and five, their second straight loss, uh, last second loss. In fact, it's a litany of blunders, but it wasn't just that. The Jets lost, the Jet Jaguars lost, the Ravens lost, the Bengals lost. So there were a lot of AFC teams and top AFC teams, so we thought, uh, going down. Um, and as I wrote a couple of days ago, there's a little bit of opening for uh, the Dolphins as they prepare for the second half of the schedule, five of the last eight at home, as I said last week. Um, but that all begins with the Raiders, and we're going to talk about that. But um, we're going to start this post-bye week uh pod with an overall view of the landscape and again as i said it was it was a really interesting uh weekend because the dolphins saw their division lead in the afc east increase to one and a half games uh they're six and three um the jets are four and five and the bills are five and five um so they're in the driver's seat you know there's new york times projections that show that the Dolphins have like a 80-something percent chance or 90 percent chance uh, to win the division. They're in a really good spot um, in their final eight games, um, and this will be their first division title since 2008. But um, as you all know, I have high expectations for this team. For this team, I'm very bullish on this team. I'm thinking big picture. So I'm looking at the AFC, uh, the entire AFC, and good things happen for the Dolphins in the conference. You know, with the Jaguars and uh, Ravens losing, um, that means that uh, three of the of the division leaders right now have three losses. Um, you know the Ravens are seven and three. Uh, the Jaguars, elite, I believe, are six and three, and so are uh, the Dolphins. But they're the fourth seed now by virtue of some, you know, fifth tiebreaker with the Jaguars. But that's besides the point. Um, as I said before, there's a real opportunity for them to make a run. Um, I don't think there's a great team in the AFC right now. Even the Chiefs at uh, seven and two. Um, they didn't really impress me a ton when I watched them up close playing the uh, Dolphins. Obviously, the defense is probably the best it's been in the Patrick Mahomes era. Um, but the offense is just something kind of wonky about the offense right now. Um, you know, they, they their wide receivers can't get open and they can't hold on to the ball. Yeah. So, like, every, every the wonky part, yeah, every AFC team. Have, or every top AFC team, if you want to say the contenders, they all have a flaw, really. And that includes the Dolphins. You know, we just talked about the Chiefs. 
and their uh, non-Travis Kelsey pass-catching options. Look at the Ravens. Um, they just can't hold on to leads. You know, I watched that game at Flanagan, the Coconut Grove, over the weekend, and you know they were up 14-0, 17-3, 24-9, 31-17, and they still lost that game. They've shown a uh, history over the past year or so of blowing leads. You look at the Jaguars. Their defense is really good defensively. Yeah, gave up 33 points to the ghost of Deshaun Watson, even though he looked like vintage Watson. But, you know, even going down the list, like the Jaguars, their offense sometimes looks out of sorts. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Dolphins, you know, I know a lot of Dolphins fans were, uh, you know, they were too, they were they, they had a great weekend because they were watching a lot of teams, a lot of division rivals lose. But the Dolphins aren't without their own warts and their own, you know, stuff that they need to fix. I think that I think that they are probably the best put together team for the for the stretch run right now because they have a very easy schedule like there's just no way around it like i think it's the 20th or 20th or so strongest schedule remaining right now there's only two teams on their remaining slate with a winning with a winning record the ravens and the cowboys um and as i said before they have five of those games at hard rock where they're 16 and 2 in the last 18 um i don't know if they're gonna get the number one seed because it's going to be tough to leapfrog the Chiefs when you don't have that head-to-head uh, win and you're still one game behind. But, you know, if you can get to the second seed, if you can beat Baltimore in Week 17, you get to host at least two playoff games. And then who knows what happens, you know, in the divisional round. You know, maybe a team gets knocked off. Uh, what, what do you think about the, what do you think about the landscape of the AFC right I now? I mean, the landscape is wide open, I think, frankly. Uh, the Chiefs – the thing about the Chiefs is – on tr- on track record, as we've said, you think they're going to get that offense together. They're probably going to get that offense together, but they may not. Yeah. And if they don't, well, then they're very vulnerable. If they if they do, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, what's you know? It, was, it, was, it, was, it was all fun, yeah, <laughs> right. If they do, well, you know, who you know, the question is who's you know who's coming to Arrowhead to take the butt kicking. Um, but if they don't, I mean, they're very vulnerable. And the Dolphins, if they, you know, if they can, you know, win the games, they theoretically quote should unquote, and and they know, have, and and one <laughs> and right, and they have right, and you know, knock off a Baltimore or a Dallas, and you know, and take it or take advantage and take advantage of a Buffalo team that's just very. They, they just seem really all over the place. I they yeah. just seem lost right now. Um, they they weren't, you know they they made you know the mistake that ultimately cost them the game last night was you know made by on special teams and they fired the offensive coordinator. Yeah, who I I, I didn't see Ken. I mean, you know I didn't see Ken Dorsey making you know. Yeah, losing, fumbling the ball, dropping passes. Yeah, that that was an interesting move for sure. Yeah, I I found that a little, you know, interesting. There's probably more going on there. Uh, So I I think this sets up very well for the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins could – I don't want to look too far ahead, but if you look at the Bills schedule and you look at the Dolphins schedule – I mean, I, I'm not. I, I'm honestly, I, I'll, I'll. The Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. I, I but, just, I, but I'm, I'm going further than that. I'm saying that like this could be wrapped up by, like, I don't know, like beginning of December. Well, I won't say right. beginning of December, but, like mid December. This could be. That's why we're talking about the entire AFC, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's because 
this looks like this, you know, this this kind of looks like everybody else just kind of seeded the AFC East, the Dolphins, or they don't they don't feel like winning it, or they simply can't. In the case, uh, you know, that I, with the Jets, I'd say can't because I mean they had Zach Wilson. Sorry, that's yeah. Uh, I mean they're they're hanging, lingering around there, but I think yeah, but but that, yeah, they hang and linger around the end zone. Don't go in that either. So, um, you know, Baltimore. What this says, I, I think, what this past weekend showed is. You know, the NFL still a, you know, cliched, you know, Burt Bell cliche in a given Sunday kind of league. And especially in the AFC, where you have a lot of good to very good teams. I don't think you, you don't have a great team. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure you have a great team in the NFC either. Although, you know, Philadelphia just keeps winning. Uh 49ers, you know, maybe when they're healthy, when they're healthy, and they got right. they're healthy again for the cheat for the Jaguars game. Right. And uh San Francisco, yeah. When they when they got they got it all back together, they they looked they looked great against Jacksonville. And um so yeah, it's it's a very wide open AFC. And also you've got teams like the Broncos that are suddenly that are problems for everybody. So when you look at the schedule, it it, you can't pencil the Broncos in as a win. I mean, yeah. you just can't because they they have hope now. They think that they're right in the mix. Right, right, and, and they and, and they're and they're not the same. You know, people who say, "Oh, you know, the Dolphins put seventy on them. Buffalo couldn't, you know, get yeah. different Broncos teams. Sorry, just different teams, different t- teams, different points of the season, different teams. Um, you know, I'm not saying you know these are the Broncos of '97 and '98. No, they're but these are different teams. Those are different teams, in, and. Uh, so the Broncos are going to be up there causing all kinds of problems for whoever they play. So it's it's very wide open in the AFC. It's very there for the Dolphins. Um, and I think the only team that I would say is clearly better than they are is if the Chiefs get their offense together. If they don't, they're not. Uh, clearly. Really, yeah. you know, the difference was uh, the difference between them and Germany was a you know long fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah, you know, so I mean that's that's a potential. That's a ten point swing, fourteen point swing. However you look at it, that's you know that's those points could have those points decided the game. And yeah. so, yeah, it's it's a very wide open league. The, the the North, the AFC North. That's, I mean, last know, week. La- entering last week, they were they had all four teams in, in the playoff spot, um, right? Which is incredible. And, and and the and you know everybody else in the AFC is very happy they're not in that division. Yeah. Um, and the only upside for everybody else in the league is that those four teams will beat the mess out of each other. And the, you know nobody's in great shape in January, really. But those guys, those teams are really definitely they're gonna they're gonna feel it a little bit more. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys might be looking for the exit in January, and and that that does happen in the NFL, folks. If you read, there's no book called "The Dark Side of the Game" by Tim Green, and he talks about how even the best teams sometimes are, you know, by the end of the season they lose and they're kind of bummed, but they're kind of like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's already been a long. It's already been a long season so far, but um, kind of comparing that to the Dolphins, I mean, they just have the feel of a team that is ready to trend upward. I mean, they're, yeah. they're really healthy. I mean, they just 
got uh they're gonna get Devon Achan back maybe as soon as this uh Sunday. He just returned to practice. They activated River Craycraft from IR, so he's back as their number three wide receiver. Um, we'll, we'll see about some of their offensive linemen that are hurt, but the entire defense is ready to go. I mean, they're healthy. Now, whether they remain healthy over the next two months, two-plus months, um, that remains to be seen. But if any, if there's any team in the AFC that seems like, all right, like they have the makings of a team that's ready to you know, start trending up and really like hit the ground running in, in the second half of the season, it feels like the Dolphins. So we'll see uh, whether that, you know, takes place uh, beginning with the Raiders uh, on Sunday and beginning, uh, you know, taking us uh, well into November, December. All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, we got to discuss uh, some interesting comments from Mike McDaniel, some players on Monday uh, talking about the environment, the uh, atmosphere that McDaniel has created uh, in Miami. Kind of compare that, uh, to the team that they're about to face this Sunday, as well as discuss uh, that matchup coming off the bye. So stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. Dolphins in that podcast, talking all things Dolphins and David Nail. Now, in the first half, uh, we took a big picture look at the landscape of the AFC with the Dolphins returning from their bye. A lot of AFC contenders uh, losing, and the Dolphins in a really good spot in the AFC East. Um, now we're going to transition into uh, the Dolphins' upcoming game against the Raiders at home. But not a contender in the AFC. Not a contender. However, they are maybe a little frisky. I believe they're five and five, uh, just won two straight games. But that's come on the heels of them making a coaching change. Uh, they recently fired Josh McDaniels as head coach and elevated uh, Antonio Pierce to interim head coach again. Under Pierce, uh, they've won their last two games. They beat uh, the New York Giants thirty to six, and they just came away with a Sunday night football game against the New York Jets. But still. Two straight wins. Uh, they're feeling good about themselves. And the aura, there's an aura about this team. I'm not sure if you saw, but you know, they're lighting <laughs> celebratory cigars. They lighting them up. They dancing <laughs> in the in the locker. Like it's like you would have thought they just won a Super Bowl. But I bring that up to say uh, Mike McDaniel was actually asked about uh, kind of the atmosphere of the team and um, whether he thinks that, you know, maybe, you know, the change has equated uh, to, you know, them winning games and just the overall change in the field. McDaniel said, no, I'd love to know like the st statistics behind that. Like when you make a coaching change in season coaching change, how much that really affects things big picture. Um, but he says he definitely feels, you know, there's a change in there. You know, they're having fun. Um, and that brought that prompted a lot of questions about what McDaniel has done in terms of uh, fostering an atmosphere where guys are, are free, they're relaxed, they're having fun. Um, we had uh, Jalen uh, Phillips and others, other players on Monday talk about that, you know, how McDaniel has fostered a really open environment where people are uh, are okay being vulnerable and uh, being and being themselves as well. And I bring that up to say um, – there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the, the Patriot way and the Patriot system with not only Josh McDaniels being fired, but the struggles of the New England Patriots, two and eight worst record in the AFC. And you contrast it to, uh, you know, what McDaniel is doing in terms of, you know, that kind of environment. Um, and it just seems like polar opposites. And it, it got me thinking, like, how much does that, you know, that coaching style and the atmosphere that you create impact winning because i think that the first thing we would say is like the dolphins definitely have way more talent than the patriots and uh and the raiders but how much like how much can you quantify how much um the atmosphere and the environment that mcdaniel has created um you know in terms of the impact on their success this season so far it's hard well i mean i think it's hard i think we always want to make these blanket statements about coaching 
And the simple fact, I think, is like it's like in any other workplace. There are, you know, there are there are workplaces that work for some people and work for some very talented people and workplaces that don't for, you know, that same talented person. Uh, and then then vice versa. Uh, you, I, you know, obviously the, the Patriot way worked really well when you had a guy like Tom Brady, who, you know, he's, uh, you know, when he was kind of the folk, the, the quarterback in the van, after that first Super Bowl, especially the leader of that team. And, you know, he's a sixth round quarterback, you know, and who always kept that in the back of his mind, who knew the quarterbacks, you know, taken ahead of him. Uh, and he always kept that mindset. And when he approaches something that way, I think that sets a tone for the rest of the team. And then you have, and then what, what you do is you draft players who are going to thrive in that kind of system. And not every player is going to. Um, you know, what Mike McDaniel's done with the Dolphins, I think it obviously players are feeling a little free. They're feeling free. Everybody likes to, you know, they, they, he has the kind of players who thrive in that kind of atmosphere. I think there are players who, you know, just maybe wouldn't or don't, maybe, or maybe would like a, a different system. A, you know, it's, and it's not, sometimes it's not either or, it's a matter of degrees, you know. Tom Coughlin did it one way in Jacksonville, and they had a lot of early success because they also had a lot of good players. But, you know, he had that team. He had that team really rolling early on. And then he goes to New York, and he's almost going to get out the door until they tell him, you got to lighten up just a little bit. You know, you got to lighten up and let some of those person, you know, some of those personalities happen. And he lightened up a little, and he lightened up a little bit. He changed his approach a little bit. That fit the locker room more. And, you know, they won two Super Bowls in four, five seasons. You know, um, I think, you know, I think, it again, it works. The You know, the Patriot way works pretty well when you have, when you're leaders, when it fits your locker room leaders, especially your quarterback. And, you know, Bill Belichick's a pretty fair X and O's football guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. And maybe he's one of those guys, uh, you know, Wade Phillips, defense on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, there's others on the offensive side of the ball, Marty Morningwig, maybe, who they're offensive coordinators. That's what they should be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um so you know, I it, there's a reason those guys from the you know Belichick coaching tree it it hasn't worked especially well for a lot of them, um, and you know every style has there are players to fit every style and the you know both style of play and style and vibe in the locker room yeah. and you know you have to fit it it all has to fit. It has to fit, you know, and if, you know, if you're a coach and, you know, what you're doing is not, doesn't fit your team, maybe you, 
you know, depending on the record, if you're, you know, maybe you need to change things or maybe you need to shift out some players. Yeah, when, when I think about this, you know, the first person that I think about um, is Tua. And I think about um, while Tua has improved so much as a player, um, the role that McDaniel has played in, in that and not just scheme wise and not just, you know, him in the front office surrounding him with great players, because I, I think I think back to, you know, the team, the Dolphins under Brian Flores and regardless of what anybody wants to say about Brian Flores, um, you know, the lawsuit, the way he went about things, you know, while he was with the Dolphins and, you know, after his firing, um, the Dolphins won games with him. Uh, I believe they they won 10 games or they won nine, 10 and nine games in back uh, back to back seasons. Um, and he his last two seasons, they put together a winning record. Now, I'll, he didn't make the playoffs, but they were competitive. Um, I was here my first year on the beat when they were one and seven um, and things really could have, you know, hit the fan. Um, and they won. What was it? Seven HJ games or so to get back into playoff contention. Um and he was, we all know he's the polar opposite uh, of Mike McDaniel. So, you know, with, with that being said, you know, they were still able to win games, but his coaching style um, and his personality, um, it wasn't a right fit for Tua and what he needed at that time in his career. So I think now with McDaniel, they've added Tyree Kill, you add Jalen Waddle, you add this scheme that accentuates its talents well. Um, but it's been well documented that like McDaniel also had to build Tua back up his confidence. Um, right. And I wonder, like, okay, if they just surrounded him with these players, with these with these improved players and this improved scheme, but he didn't have the confidence, you know, would he be performing at an MVP type level right now? And I think about, you know, again, the environment that that McDaniel was fostered and what he's done just in that with that interpersonal relationship with Tua. And it's like, I, 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 we can't quantify it, but it is interesting. I think that that's played a very big role. Like you're seeing a confident Tua. You're seeing a, a Tua that believes in himself. He said himself at some point, at one point I looked in the mirror and said like, do I suck? Uh, so, you know, as much as McDaniel gets credit for being a guru and being this intelligent offensive mind, what he's done for Tua specifically and really this entire team, uh, bringing the most out of Tua, that, that's why I wonder, like, how much does that play a role uh, in, you know, in a team's on-field performance and overall success, you know? It, it has, it, I mean, it has to. You, it's, you can't, you can't succeed in a big-time way in professional sports, and especially in a league like the NFL, which is, you know, so, you know, so competitive year to year, so competitive week to week. You can't succeed there without being a confident person, without a confidence, and with your confidence shattered. Um, and, you know, so what he, Mike McDaniel, obviously was what Tua needed. Uh, you know, a... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, uh, really a comforting, a, a comforting a figure. Yeah, 
a, a different kind of coach is is just you know I, I don't think it, it doesn't work. It, it does, you know, uh, and that's not to say that like because again because what Brian Flores was in terms of like a coach to tool was essentially what he's had his whole life from his dad to high school to Nick Saban. But obviously that relationship really deteriorated. And at that time where he was as a player, as a person, he needed something different. You know, right. maybe not necessarily everyone else on the team, but he being the quarterback and the leader of the team, he needed something different to be able to be his best version of himself and to lead this team the way he's leading it now, you know? Well, I think everybody, I think everybody else also, it's, it's going to, it flows from your team leaders and your quarterback. If your quarterback's not a team leader, you got a big problem anyway. You got, you got other problems to deal with. And, you know, it flows from your team leaders. You know, your quarterback is feeling confident and happy. That you know, that flows into the that flows into the huddle. You know, and that and that that flows into him being a leader, being able to be a leader, and um, and you know, then him being able to perform. And once he performs. Then he has even more confidence. Everybody else has confidence in him. Everybody else feels good about it, about it, and that creates the that creates a successful vibe. You know, it he he would not have succeed. I don't see him succeeding. I don't. If Brian Flores were followed by a you know a Don Shula type or a Bill Belichick type or I, I don't know either. Those types are a little rarer now, but you know, Jack Del Rio, I don't know. I, I don't think it works. Even with the time, even with the time that they brought right, him. Right. You, you, there's because he would not have played at the level that he would not have been able to make the most of that talent. And then if you're not making the most of the talent, when a quarterback's not making the most of the talent around him. Yeah. Tyreek's not going to be going for close. On pace for right. two thousand yards. It's, it's, also, it's yeah, tough. It makes it tough on the quarterback. Tough on the because tough on the you know the leadership aspect. Tough on how the team looks. The quarterback. The team's not crazy. You know they they know. You know they might tell us. I mean, <laughs> Channing Crowder every now and then will talk about how on you know back in the, the late two thousands they would you know yeah we believe in Chad Henney while in the locker room they were like oh gosh what what are we doing here you know and. So, you know, the players know, and, you know, if you don't, if your quarterback's not there, then that's, you know, that's, it's just not going to flow, flow right and flow properly. And he, you know, he was what Tua needed. Yeah. Yeah. And he was what the Dolphins, what this Dolphins, I think it looks like he's, looks like for, you know, for two seasons, he's what this Dolphins roster needs. Yeah. And he's what he wants to do and what you know they their personalities and everything it seems to fit him he seems to be good good with it um so yeah you need you need that fit it's you say it's like any other workplace there you know there are places you go into and everybody's uh you know hard driving knows the grindstone you know you know and there are people who thrive in that and they need they need that yeah you know um, and there are other people who just, you know, no, that's not what, that's not what I need. You know, let me, you know, let me be me. Let me do, let me do me and let me do my thing when I'm out in the field and, you know, we'll all, we'll all be happy. 
Yeah, to me, the thing that sticks out is, you know, uh, McDaniel has created an environment where he and everyone else is authentic, but he still holds them accountable. You know, it's like we can have fun and crack jokes and be loose and free, but we can also uh, understand that there's a job at hand to do and, um, you know, be, you know, diligent in doing that as well. And the mental aspect of, you know, the game is so, um, so important. So, so it's so, maybe it's like not even, you know, emphasized as much like, we talked to Jalen Phillips on Monday. Um, he's been through a lot, you know, in his in his life with, uh, you know, retiring from football at, at one point because of concussions and whatnot and coming back. And he talked about how the injuries, you know, his early season injuries this year kind of weighed on, on him a bit. He kind of doubted himself. I mean, he needed, you know, his, his teammates and coaches to kind of pick him up as well. Um, so, yeah, it definitely looks like a perfect mar- marriage between Mike McDaniel to and Mike McDaniel in this franchise. Um it definitely seems like they got a good one in Mike McDaniel. So we'll obviously see, uh, you know, again, where the rest of the season uh, takes the Dolphins under McDaniel. But first, uh, that begins with this Sunday's game at home against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. As I said before, uh, Raiders, winners of two straight, uh, coaching change. Uh, you, by your facial expression, are not really fearing the Las Vegas Raiders. I personally uh, am not either. I think uh, – <laughs> I think this is a game where the Dolphins are, yeah, it's going to be one of those Shaq me games that we've seen at home. Um, now, the Raiders, again, they've won two straight, but they haven't been impressive wins. I mean, they did blow out the Giants a couple of weeks back, but, but. I, I would, I'm not sure I'd pick the Giants against Central. They're gone. Oh, man. You said the Raiders, you said the Raiders are like an NAIA team. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've got, a, they've got a rookie quarterback right now. I mean, the, the defense is okay it seems they have max crosby uh, on the front lines and he's something that they're gonna have to watch out for but uh they give up uh the top five most rushing yards in the nfl i think they're third in rushing yard average allowed so this is a game where you know you're getting devon hn back you have raheem Mostert. this might be one of those 200 yard rushing games on offense i'm not expecting much i think that you know this is a defensive scheme and a defense that is ready to kind of feast especially against you know some inexperienced quarterbacks uh, I'm expecting a blowout. You know, they've they've routed teams at on at home. They've been really good at home. Uh, obviously, they're coming off a bye, so I think that they're going to be focused and well prepared. Maybe a little bit of early rust because you know you have the week off. Uh, but if not, but if so, I think they pick things up quickly. The defense gets uh, a couple turnovers. I think it's going to be a 34 to, to 10 type of game. Uh, I'm expecting a blowout. I mean, they're favored. Mm-hmm. They're favored by twelve right now. So, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that, which is which is a lot in the NFL. And uh, I think the one guy you do have to worry about on the Raiders uh, on de- defensively is is Crosby. He can mess up your whole program. And uh, and on yeah. offense, they do have some weapons. Obviously, they got Devontae Adams, Devontae Josh Adams. Jacobs, but. but- I just, uh, yeah, I'm just not. I mean, they, they scored. They, uh, what they win the game? It was always scored. Well, what was it? Yeah, was like, uh, and the Jets have a good defense. Like, that's but... like what bitty basketball score. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. No, a, I, think it's no, gonna be I think it's gonna be no, tough no, sliding for Aiden O'Connell. They, 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 yeah, they, they, they swept New York. Big deal. <laughs> there's like, <laughs> how many? They got more. They got more good quarterbacks in my neighborhood than they got in New York right now. Um, so. Not terribly impressed with. I mean, the the Raiders. You know, they beat who showed up. That's and uh, and they let you know they let Zach Wilson be Zach Wilson and the Jets be the Jets and they got away with that. I don't see that. I don't see them getting away with it this week. However, yeah, I think Dolphins do. I think the Dolphins do a number on them and 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 30, 38, 14. Uh, 38, 14, maybe. Yeah. Giving him 14 yeah. points. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Right, yeah, I know. I don't know if I'm going to touchdowns. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Other Give some garbage he, time, but we'll see. Devontae Adams is, is you know, he could, you know, I, I could see him getting a big getting a big one or two, and then they, you know, they put together some drive, you know. So that's 14 yeah. right there. Gotcha. We both um, got them covering. We both got them blowing out <laughs> the Raiders. What? That, I said we both got them covering, and we both got them blowing out yeah, the Raiders. Yeah. Though, so we're yeah. we're a consensus pick right there. The, 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 the autumn wind does not blow in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> it does not gotcha. come blustering in from the sea. Got you. All right. So we both got uh, the Dolphins coming off from the bye and winning in a roaring fashion. Uh, again, they're 16 and two in their last 18. This is one of those games where like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of business, um, against this type of opponent. They've done that over the first half of the season and we'll see uh, if that continues in the second half. All right. Uh, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins of that podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. A reminder as always to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like share comment, as well subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, Dolphins are back at it on Wednesday. Uh, beginning practice in earnest for uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we will be there. I will be there, um, you know, for Mike McDaniel, for Tua, for practice, for all the other players who are talking. So definitely um, stay tuned, stay locked to the Ryan McHale website for all your latest Dolphins updates and more. We'll be back next week to recap another weekend of Dolphins football. But until then, you guys take care. See you.